Well, we're talking about Christmas symbols, and probably the most common Christmas symbol of any we're going to talk about, any that exists are at the top of this tree. The Christmas star. We see them everywhere. They're on our trees, they're on our ornaments, they are one of the most common symbols there are. Why are they the most common? Because of the star of Bethlehem. One of the key pieces of the whole Christmas story is that star. That star that rose in the east and caused those magi to journey to Jerusalem to find a king that was born, Jesus. Well, symbols have messages, and today we want to talk about the message of the star. We've talked about how symbols teach us, they communicate with us, and I don't know if you ever thought about it, what was the message of the star? What is the message of the star today? Now, don't do something. Don't jump past the star to the magi right away. Because I think that's what we mostly do. We hear about the star and we immediately start thinking about the magi and the gifts and all of that. But I don't want to talk today about the lesson of the magi. I want to talk about the lesson of the star. Because I think there is a lesson in the star itself before the Magi even enter the picture. And today that's what I want us to think about. What was the point? What was God trying to say about whatever in sending that star? Well, if you think about it, only God controls the stars. He created them. He moves them. They are His domain not ours. Turn over to Isaiah 40, verses 25 and 26. God, through the prophet Isaiah, says something about himself and his greatness, and that message comes out of the stars. In verse 25, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. The stars and how they exist in all of their glory and greatness and grandeur are a message not just about the stars, but about the God who created them, the God who put them in place and ordered them out. They do one other thing. They remind us we are not God. We can lay in the night sky and look up and watch the stars and be amazed by them, but the truth is none of us in this room can change one of those stars. None of us in this room can move them one-sixteenth of an inch. We can only look at them. There's a fascinating passage over in Job. And Job is very frustrated with how God is treating him. And Job is sort of trying to get a little chip on his shoulder. And God puts him in his place. And in the process, God teaches again about how great he is compared to how weak we are. In Job 38, I want to read verses 31 through through the beginning of 33. Now, this is God speaking back to Job. 
you know, you never want to mouth off to God too much. That's just not a good thing. And God puts Job in his place. So God says to Job, can you bind the chains of the Pleiades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Can you bring forth the constellation in their seasons or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? Can you, Job? Uh-huh. Can you? Can you? Huh? And obviously Job says, nope, can't. Can't do any of that. It's interesting, Job is the earliest book in the Bible, we think. More ancient than Abraham. And the constellations were already there and named. And God says, I put them up there. I think God is sort of saying, and I thought it would be fun to put some creatures in heaven so you could look at them and name them. God says, I did that. You didn't do that. Only God can control the stars. Well, not only is it a message about who God is, but the truth is God uses the stars to communicate. Now, if you were here Wednesday night, we watched that documentary, Star of Bethlehem. But he makes a very valid point that I want to clarify today because putting that up there, you might say we're talking astrology. I'm not. There's a very big difference here. Astrology is that sense that there is some cosmic force out there in the stars and that that cosmic force controls us. And so if I understand those constellations and all of those, then I understand that which is controlling me. That's not what God is saying. What God is saying is that I am the God of who made these stars, and so I can use these stars to communicate. But the point is God who controls the stars, not the stars themselves. And that's the difference with astrology. Turn over to 19, Psalm 19. The first four verses. We read this psalm a lot, but I want you to listen to it with that mindset of God uses the stars to communicate with us. Because we're going to see what they communicate in a minute. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. Now, they have no speech like we think of it. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the world, earth, their words to the ends of the world. David recognizes a simple truth. The heavens are speaking out about God all of the time, and they don't have to use a word. They still communicate. And the beauty of the heavens is they're not tied to one language. So whether you know English or whether you know Russian or whether you know whatever language, they're still speaking to you without ever saying a word. Outside on a dark night, just look up and listen. It's pretty hard to not be struck. I don't know where you've been that it gets real dark. and In my life experience, I probably think of the Boundary Waters because that's about as far as I've ever gotten from light pollution. 
And on a clear night in the Boundary Waters, to sit there on a rock beside a lake and look up is truly amazing. To see all of those stars and just the glory of the heavens and to realize they are only the painting on the wall. The real point is the artist who painted them. And that's what David recognized in Psalm 19. He'd grown up a shepherd. And there was no light pollution in the ancient world. It didn't exist. Uh, The brightest thing going was a bonfire somewhere. Or candles or lamps. And so it was very easy. And David would have grown up most of his life looking up and seeing the canvas God had painted. And Psalm 19 flows out of that. How amazing God is because of what I've seen in the sky. To me, the sky tells us two things. It tells us of the greatness of God, and it also points out our limitations. Because if you think about it, if, if I don't know God and, and Jesus, and I'm going to talk about him in a second, but laying out under the night sky can be pretty intimidating. Because on the one hand, you see how great it all is and and this creator who's created all this, but you also see how insignificant you are. I can't affect those. And I am this littlest speck in this huge universe that I see how amazing it is. And that can be pretty intimidating until we hear about that God saying, I noticed you. You are a speck in my great universe, but you are a speck that is important to me. And that's why that God used these stars to communicate not only who he is, but to communicate something he was going to do. Because at Christmas, God used those stars to speak. To communicate that he was doing something amazing. And that's that passage in Matthew 2. I just want to read four verses out of Matthew 2. The part about the star in this story. First of all, verses 1 and 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. How did they know the king had been born? Because God communicated through the stars. Then jump to verses 9 and 10. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star and that it had finally stopped, and they were going to meet this king, they were overjoyed. God was making an announcement on that night, that era, And he didn't have to say a word. He used his stars. 
And what was God saying? Well, the first message that I think God was saying is that this is a baby like no other. Because even the stars are moving to mark this baby's birth and to show where he is. Now, if your birth causes God to move the stars around, you'd have to say, this is a big deal. This is somebody very unusual and very special. That was a clear message of the star. Well, we have the benefit of history and living down the road a ways, so we know what God was doing and why God was saying that with the star. Jesus was a very different baby than any other. He was born of a virgin. God himself was his father. And he was indeed the Messiah. There's a prophecy of this that links the Messiah to a star, and it's from Numbers. I put on the screen the contemporary English version because I like how they say it. When I saw in my vision, hasn't happened yet, but someday a king of Israel will appear like a star, and he will defeat, and in Numbers it lists Moab and all these nations, but the point of the passage is that he will defeat all of those nations who oppose God. This great and mighty king who will come as a star. And that was always used as a prophecy to look forward that when the Messiah comes, he will come as this star. Jesus is called the bright morning star. And that's who was being born, and that's what God was saying. This is a baby like no other. Now, you might say, well, that was obvious and it's important the Magi caught that. But I want to bring that down to today. Because to me, that message is for us as much as it was for the Magi. That message of that star appearing and leading. And the point was, this Jesus is special. You need to find him. You need to seek him. You need to pay attention to him. I like to use God's words himself when Jesus was transfigured on the mount. This is my son, the son I love. Pay attention. Listen to him. This is not just a prophet. This is not just a good teacher. This is the son of God and the star was saying that. And there's a challenge for us in that. To look at our own lives today and say, how seriously are we treating this baby? How much are we paying attention to Jesus? Are we watching his every move? Is he a part of every day as we live our lives? Are we thinking about him? Are we trying to follow his example that he came to give us? The star said, You better, you should. He's a big deal. That you have him as an example is a big deal. Even the heavens announced it. Don't ignore him. Don't not pay attention to such a great and important person. God himself thought it was a big deal. And that's why he sent the star to announce that. But I think there's one other lesson from the star I want to draw out today. And I put it this way, the second lesson of the star is that God doesn't always yell. 
sometimes he whispers. God was speaking through the star. But what we learn from the Matthew description of what happened is not everybody caught it. We see from Matthew that when the Magi arrive in Jerusalem and they say, we're here to find the, the king born of the Jews because we've seen his star. Everybody saw the stars, but not everybody heard God. In fact, we hear that Herod and all of Jerusalem were put in a big tizzy because this was news to them. Didn't have to be. They saw the same stars the Magi saw. But the Magi were paying attention when God spoke. Herod and the religious leaders weren't. And they missed it. And I think there is a lesson for us. God doesn't always yell. Sometimes he speaks in quiet ways. Ways that are quiet enough, if we're not paying attention, if we're not listening, we can miss it. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances, through events that happen in our life, but we can be so busy, we don't notice. We don't have time. We have 42 things today. And we never take that moment to pause and reflect, to consider... what. What just happened? Or why is God opening this door? Or why did I have this chance encounter with this person that I haven't seen for months or years? Is God trying to say something here? Is this some communication from Him? Sometimes it can be something as little as a phrase in a song I'm listening to on the radio. And something hits me inside my head. Do I stop and think about that? Are you trying to say something to me, God? It could be a song we sing in the worship service. Or one sentence that Dave said in his communion meditation. Or something Carrie says linking two songs together. Or just one piece of a scripture that's read. God may be trying to say something directly to one of us. You. Me. At that very moment, if I don't want to pay attention, God won't make me. He didn't make Herod and all the religious leaders of Jerusalem see the star. He could have done that. He could have sent a comet. He could have sent an eclipse, something that nobody could ignore. But as my friend was always wont to say, God is a gentleman. He never forces himself on us. But he speaks. If we'll listen, if we'll watch, if we'll take a moment and reflect and say, God, is that for me? Is that what you wanted me to hear today? We pray every morning in the prayer room at 9 for this service and for you. And we pray that God would speak to each one in this room. Now, what he has to say for me would be very different, probably, than what he might say to you. But you see, our conviction is that if we come into his presence, he wants to speak to every one of us. To some, it's a word of encouragement. To some, it's a teaching of, hey, hey, listen up to this. 
To some, it may be a conscience that says, yeah, I know, I'm not doing good there. They're all to help. That's the kind of God he is. But there is a piece of that that's up to us. Are we listening? Are we wanting to pay attention? Are we wanting to catch God if he is saying something to us? Are we like the Magi? That's the challenge of the star. The challenge that says, are you paying attention? Are you listening when God sends a message to you, when he communicates? So when you see a Christmas star for these next 10 days, I want you to remember the message of this symbol. The two messages of this symbol. The first message is, this baby who was born in that manger is no common man. He is in fact the Son of God, and there is no one now or ever more important for us to pay attention to. To watch, to listen, to follow. And to ask ourselves, how much am I paying attention to him? But the other message would be, am I listening when God speaks? Am I noticing what he's doing so I don't miss out on what the God who made the heavens wants to do in my life, in your life? Those are the messages of the star I want you to remember this December. Let's pray. Father, thank you for all of these things you did. You didn't just come to earth and appear. How you came and all of the signs, the symbols that you use that still speak today. Thank you for them. But most of all, thank you for Jesus who came for us. In his name, amen.